So in this episode, we talk about the white lotus and uh, the masculine-feminine relationship polarity dynamics in the series. So if you haven't watched The White Lotus, I highly recommend that you watch it. It's an amazing series on so many levels, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. There's going to be spoilers, so if you're not, if you haven't watched it, make sure you watch it. Now, I want to preface this, and this is the first time that I'm doing something like this, and I've been asked to do you know, polarity reviews um, for movies and books and things like that. But to be honest with you, that I don't find a lot of good polarity examples um, out there in movies or books. And this series actually was probably the first one that I was really, like, I, I, I saw examples of... Uh, well, most of the examples, spoiler alert, are not going to be good polarity examples. If you watched White Lotus, you know what I mean. Um, but the series is so brilliant because it really shows polarity at play. And that's what I wanted to share with you today. And I want to preface this by saying that I have some, something that I teach all my clients is um, the fact that you always attract your equal. And why I think that The White Lotus is such a brilliant series is because it shows that. There is no scenario where two people have come together to, into a relationship. One of them is a complete asshole, for example, and that could be a woman or a man. And the other one is just like this amazing human being with no flaws, no things, and just, you know, th things do not happen in a vacuum. We always attract our equal in terms of what we believe about ourselves in terms of our behavior patterns and so on and so forth. And so I came to this amazing little, I don't know, park where my daughter usually plays. And so I decided to record this video. Let's see um, how long my hand is. It's already becoming tight. Oh, Anna, you need to do more Pilates or lift weights and shit. Um, so first, let's start with season one. With da -da. So in season one, I'm going to tell you about two things, uh, two polarity dynamics. Well, the second one is not really a polarity dynamic, but it's directly related to it. And the second and the second season, we're going to talk about three because the second season is like freaking amazing in terms of watching um, couples do their polarity stuff. And so let's talk about the first season and drum roll. And I'm only going to talk about couples because it's all about mostly about couples and, and things in the white, the white Lotus. But I'm only going to talk about... Um, the couples where the polarity dynamic is very pronounced, okay? I'm not going to touch on everything. I'm just going to touch on what's very pronounced so that you can, you know, as you watch or if you watch, you can really see and understand what's happening. So in season one, the first uh, dynamic that we're going to talk about is uh, Mark and Nicole. I can't even pronounce their last name. But basically, Nicole is, uh, and they're all in um, Hawaii uh, at, at the White Lotus Resort, right? And so basically, Nicole is this uh, highly successful, ambitious woman. I think she's the CFO of this amazing tech company. Um, and she it's very clear that she is the one who paid for this vacation. She's the, 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 the person in the relationship that wears the pants. She makes the money. It's very clear. <laughs> Even when Quinn, uh, his son, uh, asks her dad, uh, his dad, is this about the fact that mom makes more money than you? <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Uh, but anyways, uh, you know, she is playing that she's in her masculine. She's in her masculine at work. She's in her masculine in the relationship as well. How we know that 
is by the fact that um, her husband, Mark, and they have two children, her husband, Mark, is completely emasculated by her, by society. He's emasculated himself. And it's really interesting that the series starts with, well, I think it's in the second episode, actually. It, it starts with him uh, or how we get introduced to them is um, when Mark um, has, he, he like his balls are swollen and he thinks that he's got ball, uh, dis, dis, testicular? testicular oh my god i don't know like testes cancer and like think about the symbol of that the symbol of masculinity is what a penis or balls right and it all starts with his balls being swollen and literally masculinity his his masculine or masculinity being swept out or uh, he, he, he he's sitting there nervously waiting for news um so i thought this was really powerful and whoever wrote the series is is brilliant in that way because there's so many images what i love about this series is there's so many images and themes and the music the music is my favorite part but anyways let's not talk about the the white laws let's get back to polarity so right from the beginning we see the woman being in her masculine the man being in his feminine and that further gets um, exacerbated by the fact that, well, down the line, he finds out he doesn't have testicular cancer, testicular, testicular. Oh, my God. Never mind. Um, cancer. He doesn't have cancer, but his uncle calls him back because he called his uncle to find out, you know, uh, he, he knew his dad basically died of cancer. And then when his uncle tells him, well, actually, no, your dad died of AIDS. <laughs> and he was like, what? How did he die of AIDS? Well, how do you think he died of AIDS? So he finds out his father is gay. And so that was a really interesting moment as well, because then he starts to kind of be in this like weird, I mean, what a shock, right? To find out that your dad lived this double life. And so we see this really interesting line of um, masculinity and how, you know, whatever has been, and actually the theme of what has been passed from the father to the son to the son, even in season two, I can't remember the old man's name, the Italian family, you know, the, the grandfather, the father and the son. And, and the, the father says, like father, like father, like son. And so it's really interesting how, you know, we find that out and we, we see this man going through his complete, um, like, life crisis moment uh, to find out that his dad was gay or bisexual or whatever and he starts to question what how does it feel like when you know a man fucks you in the ass or whatever he even asks the hotel manager hilarious anyways um and then what happens is he he goes like into this i mean it's very clear that this man like here we see not only a man who's in his feminine but also a man who is completely immature I don't know if we can call him emotionally uh, emotionally unavailable, but he's basically like a toddler, right? Where he shares with his 16-year-old son that he's cheated on his mother because he wants to be honest, whatever. So what he's trying to do is basically heal his relationship with his father through the relationship with his son, which is a completely wrong thing. Like he, he needs to be a role model for his son and the father figure. And here he is treating his son as a friend, as maybe even a therapist or a like com complete mess. And um, really interesting that while he shares that with his son, we see that um, there's this this symbol again of him giving her as as an apology or whatever to his wife when she finds out that he cheated he brought her he bought her i think two bracelets that were seventy five thousand dollars seventy five thousand dollars each or both of them i can't remember and he's like with my own money 
that was an interesting thing because almost he it seemed like he almost wanted to prove himself to her by buying her something really expensive that is kind of worth her status or whatever and then funny enough um those bracelets get stolen Hey girlfriend, before we continue with this episode, I wanted to jump in real quick and share an important message for you. There's a lot of advice out there about dating and relationships, books, experts, and gurus, and even your granny has a surefire way to succeed in love. And most of it is complete BS. Well, maybe not so much granny's advice. As you may or may not know, I run a transformational 10-week group coaching program called Claim, just like the podcast, that has helped hundreds of women around the world completely change their dating reality with men, where they go from being frustrated and burnt out to actually enjoying dating and starting to attract some amazing men, men who stand strong in their masculinity, who are confident, who court and pursue you and plan and organize and pay for dates, but who are also emotionally available and are ready and willing and again available for a relationship with you and I've developed this program with one thing in mind that you already have everything you need to attract the man in the relationship of your dreams you don't need to change who you are you are not broken you just need to make a few key shifts and they all start from the inside if you're ready to feel that kind of excitement ease and joy in dating and relationships that so many of my clients have experienced and me myself as you know I have attracted my masculine men and now have a family with him I have an invitation for you Work with me and my team to get on the fast track so you can start seeing big changes in your life ASAP. Go to claim.com slash apply to sign up for your free, no catch discovery call or short interview with a member of my team. This will be your chance to experience our approach firsthand and to ask any personal questions you might have about the program and whether this is a good fit for you. It's also going to be our chance to see if we would be a good fit for you because we're not in this and I'm not in this for a quick buck and we don't work just with anyone. We're committed to your success and we want to make sure we can help you to achieve it. The good news is that dating and relationships doesn't have to be this hard. So if you don't want to wait around any longer wondering where are all the good men, if you need an urgent change and are open to receiving personalized help and guidance and want to invest in yourself, then apply for this no catch. There's nothing that you need to give us. It's just a free discovery call for you so you can see whether this is a good fit for you and so they can work on this together. So go to claimed.com slash apply. This will take you to a calendar where you can book your call, answer some short questions, and then we shall see you on the other side. All right, now back to the episode. Which is also a really interesting symbol or a metaphor. Um, they get stolen by a guy, blah, blah. You know the story if you watched it. And really interestingly, when those braces get stolen, she comes into the room, she's the, the, the burglar, the thief, and then he tells her, I'm not gonna hurt you, he tries to walk out. This is when Mark comes into the room and actually starts fighting with the guy. So notice in that moment what happens. He punches the guy, I think the guy runs out, and in that moment, Nicole looks at Mark as her hero. She even says something like, you're my hero, whatever, and their attraction to each other. So polarity at play. Polarity shifts. She starts to be this like damsel in distress that just got, you know, almost killed or murdered or whatever. And he comes in and saves her, right? She's like, oh my God. And of course that night they have amazing sex. They're attracted to each other and the polarity shifts. We don't know what happens next, but this is what happens, right? So that's how polarity played there. 
And I mentioned that I'm going to mention one more thing here that's important that kind of has this theme of masculinity running through the father to son line is that Quinn, the son, who's a 16 year old, we can see that he starts with being completely cornered by his sister in the room. And I really loved actually that in season one, this whole gender thing was brought up. And when Nicole was saying that, you know, my son is now in the not the minority, but is the one who's being um, bullied and, and ridiculed and he can't get a job and blah, blah, whatever. Um, I found that that series was so spot on on, on the, the modern and cultural issues that are happening now and uh, how it's been portrayed, you know, by the mother, by the father, by the daughter. Oh, my God, don't get me started on that girl. And by Quinn. So we see this man, this, this not man, this boy, uh, you know, starting with like completely cornered by his dominant sister, dominant sister in his mass, in her masculine. Um, and he's just shoved into this kitchen on a mattress, playing his game, whatever. Nobody cares about you sit in the kitchen, your place is there, sleep there, nobody gives a shit, right? And so he ends up sleeping on the beach. And when he ends up sleeping on the beach, so the beach is also a metaphor where this young boy, basically, I think for the first night, he kind of succumbed to that. But the second night, he said, fuck it, I'm going to go and sleep on the beach, right? So it's that uh, rebellious nature of I'm not going to conform with this, which is very, I don't want to say, not necessarily admirable, but I found it um, really telling. So he comes to the beach, he lies, like he sleeps on the beach. And then I think the first night he couldn't sleep or whatever. And he sees a whale, um, you know, he sees a whale in the ocean. And that really kind of wakes him up. And I, this is, again, such a symbol uh, because when when a boy comes out of his regular environment, you know, he's maturing, he's coming out of his mother's wing of out of the, you know, dominant sister, whatever dominant mother and starts to kind of carve his own path. He, he starts to notice amazing things in nature. What happens next is, of course, he uh, notices this, these local um, team of men who are canoeing and that canoe and those men, that is his ticket into masculinity. That is his rite of passage, where his father and probably his grandfather has failed to pass this forward. And it's it's a really interesting and important moment because when you look at, when you study, you know, rites of passages for masculine, for men, uh, which we, by the way, as women don't really know about, um, don't even care, to be honest, uh, until we actually realize, oh, we actually need to learn about this. And that's why I work with clients in, in, in that. And most of my clients said, say the biggest aha moment was when she was rediscovering, uh, when she um, was uh, presented with this idea of the masculine journey. And so one of the biggest things that how boys become men is the rite of passages. So in the past, it was, you know, fathers or mentors taking them out into the wild to kill a tiger or a lion or have some have, have some sort of a moment where a boy becomes a man through, through, through killing an animal or doing something um, that is very risky and life-threatening. Well, for this boy, for Quinn, it was that. It was first getting out of the house and fuck it, I'm going to sleep on the beach and I don't care and I'm going to see a whale. This was a signal. And then seeing that canoe and these men, uh, you know, doing something it was not about the killing, but it was super scary for him, right? Because he's never, you know, he's all his life, he's been on his computer or on his phone. Even when his dad said, let's go diving, he's like, hell no, right? And so he comes out of this closet and sees these men 
in a couple of days approaches them. And I loved how he, at the end, when they were leaving, he said, I'm not going back. I want to stay here. I want to do school and everything. So this was his moment of saying, I'm, I want to be a man. Let me be a man because you guys have failed <laughs> to be a role model. This is what happens every, I, I love this series because it's so, it shows real life because you guys, the parents who are telling me oh, I'm a minor, you don't have their, your shit together and yet you tell me when I'm trying to actually, I'm not saying that they should have let him stay there, but I was actually thinking about this. I'm like, hmm, could, could have this been, been arranged, right? Um, and so, you know, in the end, you know, he gets in the canoe and every morning, every morning he goes with these guys, right, to build up his testosterone, release his testosterone, really be with men, be with, I, I mean, we don't know whether they're good men or not, but it's a symbol of his developing his masculine. And then in the end, I loved it. I loved it when he runs away from the airport to stay in Hawaii. Well, I don't know how much he's going to say, but whatever. He escapes because he says basically a big fuck you to everything and to his parents and say, I'm going to stay here. He doesn't care about his phone anymore. He follows his path. He follows his heart. So now uh, let's talk about season two. Oh, my God. Okay. So my favorite. Um, well, I actually don't know which one my, was my favorite. <laughs> season one was hilarious. And season two was great, too. So uh, anyways, they go to Italy, to Sicily, which now I want to go. And I was like Googling, how can we go to Sicily? But anyways, there's three couples there that we're going to talk about. The first, well, three couples, actually one triangle that we're going to start with. And the second one is going to be... Um, the two couples, which is Harper and Ethan and Cameron and Daphne. But actually, we're going to talk about that um, in the next episode in part two. We're going to talk about season two. If you're watching this and you want to know more about masculine feminine polarity and how to create that polarity in a relationship because it's extremely important, it's the foundation of it, go to this video next where I can tell you more about how to create that proper healthy feminine masculine relationship polarity in your relationship i'll see you there all right beautiful woman Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And please, please leave a review. This is super helpful for me, for the podcast. And this is a time to give back, to leave a review, share this episode with your girlfriend who really wants to hear it. And you can also find me on Medium and YouTube at Anna Rova, where I share pretty much very similar content and where we change the world one embodied woman at a time. All right, I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for being here with me today.